Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Creed? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Like Lauren does this every week. She always does that. She always does. I can't not sing the song. It's like, it's like, I can't not do it. I told her. A hell of a theme song. It is. It's really good. It really is. I I told her I'm going to surprise her sometime and leave that in instead. I think you should. I think you should do it this week and leave it in. Oh, because Mike is on the show. I mean, it's perfect. (laughs) Just leave this whole segment in. I mean, it'll be fun. Hello. We have a very special guest today. Yes. Yes. Mike Mike Myers, our theme song composer. Yes. How's it going? It's good. Thanks going for having me good. back. It's going good. Yeah, second time. Second time's a charm. Talk about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be good. But first, we have some recommendations mm. that we're gonna do. <laughs> do you want to go first, or should I go first, or Mike? Oh, well, why don't like we let Mike? We, we should let Mike go first because he's the guest of honor. Okay. So, so Mike, very well. Watching. Yeah, uh, my rec- my recommendation is a relatively new Netflix docu series called High Score. Um, this just came out in August of 2020, and it's basically a documentary about the history of video games, both arcade and home consoles. And it starts all the way back in the late 70s and early 80s uh, with like the introduction of Space Invaders and Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, and it goes into role-playing games and sports games and fighting games. And uh, you get to meet a lot of the important people in the video game industry, like the creator of Atari and the creators of some of the biggest games of all time, like the ones I mentioned, and also games like Madden and uh, Street Fighter Two and um, how technology is (laughs) forces game makers to push the boundaries of what games can do. And it's really cool. And I think even if you don't have like a super strong interest in video games, I think the series, which is six episodes and they're about 40, 45 minutes each, it's done in a really compelling way. And the people they chose to interview uh, tend to be characters and there's a lot of Japanese culture involved because video games are such a huge part of, uh, well, Japan is a huge part in video games history. So you get a big flavor for that culture just watching this. And it also does really cool like animated cutscenes because what would otherwise be just talking head segments, they kind of overlay the audio of these interviews with a uh, animation that's inspired by like 8-bit or 16-bit video game graphics uh, to kind of illustrate humorously what the what the the subject is talking about so it's really visually interesting to watch and it's an even bigger bonus if you have any interest like I said in in video games and their history and one of my biggest takeaways from it is that nobody everyone is standing on someone else's shoulders. Like no one is truly breaking new ground all on their own. Every story 
in this documentary is somebody improving on something that came before it. And it makes the unattainable seem more attainable when you, when you see it um, from that angle. So highly recommend it. It's called High Score on Netflix. That sounds yeah. pretty cool. It is. Uh, I've watched two episodes so far and I can agree. Like, it's awesome. Really well I mean, made. Like just the change in like how, um, you know, how animation has grown just even within the past like five, 10 years, I bet. I, does it touch on that too? Animation, like how? Like, um, like Grand Theft Auto, like versus like, you know, 10 years ago versus how like they would have one now, you know, oh, like it would just sure. look better, yeah. more human, <laughs> you know, the people look more real. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me give an example anyway, that this stood out to me and I explained this to Samantha before she saw it. Um, video games of today are almost lifelike, not quite. They, you can tell it's a video game, but it's, you can have people that look like real people. Um, when Space Invaders was made, they interviewed its director and or not its director, its creator. And he got out this old notebook where he sketched all of his ideas for the game. And in Space Invaders, you're a gun at the bottom of a screen shooting aliens that descend from the top of the screen. And in his notebook, he had these sketches of what the aliens would look like in his mind. And he drew these cartoonish looking like squids and crabs and octopi and things like this. And they look like if anybody today who had artistic talent drew a squid or an octopus but they were limited to how many pixels they, they get to use to make each character. And it's like a grid of squares. That's something like 12 by 12. And he had to convert these nice looking drawings into the series of squares to try to replicate what his drawings were. And it's so antiquated by what we're used to now. And, and I grew up with games like that. And I can't imagine if you were say a teenager today, looking back on that and seeing the constraints they had to work within and they really had to push the boundaries of what uh, computing capabilities were back then so yeah that there's totally addressed uh, it's woven throughout the fabric of the show like what they could work with then and how uh, technology is just unlocking more and more for games and games used to be a single person creation and now it's it's like making a movie now uh, making a a contemporary video game oh yeah yeah um i play like uncharted so i don't really play a lot of video games but that's really the only one i play but i have like the first three and you can tell just the difference in how they programmed like when you're shooting someone in the first game versus like the third one because the first one you have to like make sure that you're on the person and then like you're you're targeting them and then you're shooting them but in the third one if you press the buttons, it automatically like, like clicks on the person. So as long as you shoot them right away and it's like, man, the difference between that is huge. And also just the way that they look too, because they look like they're paper mache in the first one. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, but like in later and, you know, and I've seen like pictures of how he looks in the fourth one and it looks like a real person, you know, like it's crazy. It's, it's, that sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check it out. For yeah. sure. It's always like neat that. to, it's neat to see a story about 
like people who are creating things and they didn't know that they were going to change the world, you know? Oh my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's crazy for sure. One last thing. It also, that reminds me of not knowing you're going to change the world. There's, there's a good deal of um, inspiration for games being shown and it's, it's cool to see these super creative types and the documentary uses kind of, it actually has an amazing amount of archival footage, which is awesome to see like these snapshots back in time and a lot of it's video even, um, but it also does in addition to these animated cut sequences, I mentioned, it does some recreation with these people like walking through the streets of where they work and just talking about something they saw when they were on a trip somewhere that inspired them to make the tunnels that you fly through in the Super Nintendo game Star Fox, just something they saw in day-to-day -day life that just clicked in their head. And then fast forward years later, and it's this iconic game that everyone associates with a console. And it all starts with this spark that anybody could have just out and about in their day-to-day -day, day -day lives. So it's cool to get that glimpse into these creative minds. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. That does sound neat. Yeah, very that's cool. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So Sam, do you want to go next? You want me to go next? Um, I have one, so okay. I'll go. And okay. uh, so this is a movie I watched a while ago. Uh, Mike and I actually watched, it's called Her with Joaquin okay. Phoenix. And I think... It was it was a really good movie. It's really interesting. It's it's cool because it's set in like the near future, so all the technology is is sort of believable. It's it's advanced obviously cuz he like falls in love with an operating system, but it's it's in our grasp, so it's not too difficult. Right. And I think if you break through the surface of that sort of that technology message there's just a really good relationship story and it doesn't really matter that she's an operating system it's like at its core it's just a really interesting love story and also the more I watch Joaquin Phoenix the more he is becoming like one of my favorite actors and I thought of this because we also watched Joker recently and I'm I'm on the fence about Joker I think it has some good parts I think it has some bad parts but him as an actor like I think if anybody can when I'm watching a movie if I suddenly get like super excited about movies like movie making and just cinema it I don't know it's it's a feeling that I can't really describe but it happens sometimes and it happens a lot when I'm watching his performances and I can't explain it but I just think he's such a phenomenal actor and the movie is just really good. It's, I mean, Scarlett Johansson is, is never on screen, but she's captivating. Like she's just a voice, but she still right. captivates the viewer. And it's a, an interesting concept. You know, he's healing from a divorce and he's falling in love again, basically. And, and I think if you just watched it on the surface level, you'd be like, oh, this is weird. Cause he's falling in love with somebody who's not human, but it's more than that. You know, like love is love. For everybody so it's I would recommend it I think it's a great performance and it's it's really oh and Amy Adams is in it as well oh and, I love and her. she does a really good job too and it's just it's just a really well done movie I was Remember gonna say we his were... relationship with Amy Adams is as important as anything else in that movie yeah it's really yes. cool mm-hmm Remember Sorry, when we were, we were, it's okay. Remember when we were talking about Amy Adams and we were like oh I love her and everything she does and then I was like no Man of Steel I did not like her in that <laughs> The one blight on her record. 
And I don't even think that was her fault. (laughs) No, I don't think it was her fault either. It was just (laughs) poorly written, but I thought, I just thought that was funny. No, yeah. Um, But I still think you should see, seeing seeing as how much you you like Joaquin Phoenix, I really think you should see Return to Paradise because that is is quite a performance in that. You've told me about that and I do want to watch that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting this all started with Space Camp with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> yes. Incredible. Yes, I know. What a journey. Talk about, actually, bringing it full circle, talk about somebody who didn't know he was going to change the world. He's in this there little movie called Space Camp, and now he's like one of the greatest actors. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I'm really glad he came back to movies because I think he kind of like went bonkers a few years ago and was like, I'm never doing movies again. And I think that would have been a, a great loss, you know. Well, he, after Heath Ledger passed yeah. away, I think that really oh, was like a big okay. trigger because, because yeah. so he, maybe I um, feel bad saying went bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, he like yeah. he like witnessed his brother dying outside of a club. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's like a nine one one call. You can listen. Yeah, to. yeah. like it, he was like nineteen, so he was really young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's no. he's amazing. I I he's hope he listens good. because I, he's one of my favorites. Like. Him and Tom Hanks are, you know, like iconic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The first time I ever saw him in anything was in Gladiator and he made quite an impression on me in that movie. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I think Uh, the first movie I saw him in was maybe, I think I saw the movie Inventing the Abbots before I saw Space Camp. It was around the same time that I saw both those movies, but he would have been like an adult by the time I saw Space Camp. But anyway. Is that with so. Liv Tyler? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's it. Right. Yeah. So her is my recommendation, even though we've all talked right. about a bunch of movies, but I, <laughs> everybody should watch it. <laughs> all right. I have actually wanted to see that movie. So it's kind of nice to get a recommendation of it because I may have not necessarily pursued it on my own. You know? Yeah. I yeah. think I... I feel like it's possible people were turned away when they read the synopsis. Yeah. But I mean, at its core, like a relationship is a relationship. And I I think that, I think it's a Spike Jones movie and I think he captured it really well. Like they kind of address what you just said in the movie itself. Like there's, um, what do you call it? Uh, Oh, the the word is escaping me. It's when society kind of like looks down on a particular thing, um, like disdain, like yeah, shaming. Sort of not shaming, but he's just uh, the Joaquin Phoenix's character is a little sheepish to admit that he's in a new relationship. Uh, it's uh, with my AI actually, and it kind of takes people aback, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think you learn later in the movie that it's more common than you might think but they they don't like jump in uh in the deep end thinking yeah this is something everybody does in the future it's it's something that he kind of stumbles upon and it just sort of happens um yeah i don't know if i'm giving spoilers here in inappropriately <laughs> but they, no, i'm just yeah, saying no they, spoilers i want to see this movie <laughs> yeah i'm just saying uh, samantha said the synopsis might turn people off and i i think they kind of address the potential turnoff in the movie itself um oh, okay mm-hmm. kind of a, in a clever way yeah, that's a good point. They do. So yeah, he's right. They don't just like drop you in the middle and make you accept it. You are okay. sort of accepting it as he's learning it about it. Like you accept okay. it as he accepts it, you know? Right, right. It's good. This all takes place super early in the movie. Nobody worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no spoilers. <laughs> all right. I'd have to check it out. I hope it's on, I hope it's streaming because, you know, yeah. and you know. 
<laughs> anyway. Okay. My recommendation is um, the, I have two actually. Um, the first one is Dracula. It's a TV show. Um, and I think, and I haven't seen, or I haven't read the book, but that's kind of like my next. I'm, right now I'm reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, so I figure I might as well keep it in like the theme of like, you know, monsters. Um, plus I've always kind of wanted to read it. But I feel like as far as it compares to like the Francis Ford Coppola one with Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman, I feel like they could very much kind of like ride parallel to each other, you know? Um, I would say I like the storyline of the Francis Ford Coppola one a little bit more, but I liked the show. I mean, I, I watched it twice this week, <laughs> so I watched the whole thing twice this week, um, and it was good. It's it's just uh, so it's kind of just a fun show. I wouldn't say it's anything spectacular, but it's you know if you like vampires and you like Dracula, I'd say go for it. Is it on? Okay. Is it? Was it straight to streaming or was it a cable show or something? I think it's a Netflix show. Oh, okay. Or actually it might be BBC. Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah. Because it's by... Oh, boy. The BBC production value on shows that have special no, effects is uh, worrisome. It's... I'm thinking of like special effects with like a, a blanket over a chair is supposed to be like a ghost or something. <laughs> well, we've talked talked about how we feel about the you know dr who yeah um, you know but... what they say the chair that you don't see is scarier than the chair <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> that's the bbc <laughs> the haunted chair <laughs> by the way stigma yeah <laughs> stigma yeah that's okay i get what that's you that's the mean. word yeah. i wanted oh, okay yeah okay yeah. driving me batty sorry yeah. Stigma. no that's yeah that fits that works that's a good one okay <laughs> that works so dracula dracula i really liked it and i really like the lead i've never seen him in anything um he's very charismatic and charming and i he was perfect i thought he was great for the role so um my next recommendation is called green leaf and it is about a woman who was a pastor and she returns home after her sister commits suicide. And there is, um, it's, it's pretty heavily implied and stated that um, her sister committed suicide because her uncle had sexually assaulted her. So it's a pretty heavy show, but it's, it's good. And it's about this, um, this family in like, I want to say they're in like Georgia. And they own like this mega church. I mean, it's huge. These people are so like stupidly rich, like <laughs> live in a mansion. I, like the whole entire family lives in this mansion. They have like servants. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I really like it. And it's an all black cast, which is awesome. And Keith David's in it too. And he's great. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a pretty heavy show but, and it's a little dramatic too, but I, I really like it. This is my second time watching it. Actually, I'd seen the first season, but then I hadn't watched the rest of it. So I'm like rewatching it just because it's been a couple of years. Um, and I would also recommend that one too. Yeah. Interesting. Was the uncle like part of the church? Is that part of the drama or? Yeah, he's part of the church. And 
he has, there's also several other women that have come forth and been like, this guy sexually assaulted me. And so he's like a very prominent member of the church. And he also has a lot of power. So it's, it's like, I feel like it is very relevant to things happening in this world today, especially with like the Me Too movement. Um, so I think it's, it's an important show to watch because of the relevance, you know? Yeah, that sounds interesting. Sounds heavy. Yeah, yeah that reminds me, like I didn't have, a, I wasn't going to recommend this, because, but Mike actually recommended the movie Spotlight because he watched it first. And I watched it, and that's a really good movie, especially going with what you said, with just, like, cover-ups and people in power, people in, like, church power. Yeah. yeah. And how things get covered up and swept under the rug. So. Yeah. It's Greenleaf, scary. you said, is what it's called? Greenleaf, Greenleaf? yep. Yep. It's good. It's on Netflix. I would have thought that was the biopic for Legolas from Lord no. of the Rings. <laughs> no, no. No. no what a shock that would have been. Five really seasons of Legolas. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> what was that? Five, can you imagine five seasons of Legolas? <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I thought he was awesome in Lord of the Rings, but even I got sick of him in The Hobbit, even. Like, I really so sick I liked him in The funny. Hobbit. I was like, oh my gosh. Such a jerk. I'm like, who is, is this new Legolas? <laughs> What's that? I was, when we saw, I don't remember which one it was, maybe the second one. I watched it with my friend Reagan and in the theater. So something happens to Legolas when he's in like Lake Town and he gets slightly beat up a little bit and he stands up and he looks off into the distance and in the theater I said to my friend no one makes me bleed my own blood because <laughs> his look because of his expression and she died laughing so then for a while we called him Legolas no one makes me bleed my own blood Greenleaf so that was his nickname in our friend duo <laughs> everybody everybody should watch the um episode of extras that stars Orlando Bloom mm -hmm. as himself and he's really kind of caught up with his own good looks and his story in the episode is he's trying he has no problem with women and he tries to court the female lead on the show who's kind of this lovable dim-witted character but he's dumbfounded because she remarkably shows no interest in him whatsoever and he <laughs> There's a scene where she's just like reading a magazine and can't be bothered with him. And he says, look at me, see the attractiveness. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it is really good. She can't see it. Oh, oh That's man. a great show. Yeah. That's funny. I love that they could coax such, um, like, I can't, I, now I can't think of the word. Like they can coax such like potentially embarrassing performances out of actors because they're being themselves a lot of the time mm -hmm. right. you know, like like with Kate Winslet and Orlando Bloom and the guy from Coldplay like you know they like are sort of making fun of themselves almost in the show and I think that speaks volumes for an actor when he can do that yeah well yeah. Just, despite what you might think about Legolas um I respect the those actors because they do all the self-deprecating stuff and that that goes a long way for me yeah I, yeah, I agree with that big time, especially if you're like known for being like a sexy actor. Like if you can be self-deprecating, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, you won me over, sir. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. You know, it humanizes them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. 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 I totally agree. Yeah. Do you have any other recommendations? I do not. No. 
I think we should talk about the movie. So um, um, we should say first that Mike recommended that we do this movie. Mm-hmm. He sent in a recommendation. And also he's, a, he's the one who introduced me to it. So I thought it would only be appropriate for him to guest host. Yes, I nice. also agree. Yes. So um, can I tell you what I thought of it? Yes. Are you ready? <laughs> um, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Like, yes. Way more than I thought I was going to. I actually think I will end up watching all of the Rocky movies because I'm a big fan now. Like, yeah. I've seen the first one. Um, and I, I liked the first one. And as it turns out, I really like boxing movies. <laughs> I did not think that was a thing I was into. I but know. I loved Creed, like, way more than I thought I would. I mean, I, I definitely was like, okay, I'll probably enjoy this. But I loved it. Like, I, I was into it. I was really into it. Lauren, that, that's awesome because that reminds oh, me so that. much of somebody else that's on this recording and what they said after she first saw it oh really the other person on this recording i wonder what she has to say about that yes i felt almost the same way mike lent it to me you know a few years ago and Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'll watch it but in my head i was like a boxing movie and i'd never seen rocky you know i knew who rocky was i knew basically stuff about rocky but i felt the same way and i watched it and i remember I have a very specific memory. There was a clear point when I was watching the movie near the end in the final fight scene. And I remember it. I remember leaning forward. Like I was so into it. I, yeah. I was like, what's going to happen? And I like sports movies. I have no problem with sports movies, but this might be maybe the greatest sports movie I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't gravitate towards sports movies, I should say. But when I watch them, I usually enjoy them. But this is so much more than that. It's so good. Yeah, I was, I had a, like a blanket covering me and I had my blanket like pulled up to my mouth. Like, cause I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> I was like, I really hope he wins. And I, I well, we'll get to that later. But um, no, I, I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Like it was it was very good. And I think Michael B. Jordan like was perfect for the role. You know, I've, yes, I've never been like really sold on him, but after this movie, I definitely am. I'm a fan. You consider me a fan now for sure. Yeah. He did a great yeah. job. Yeah, he seemed, yeah. he seemed perfect for the role. And I think I second what Samantha just said about, I see, I grew up with the kind of the latter part of the Rocky movies. Um, We've, I've seen them all. Uh, we actually did, uh, I think it was pretty much sparked by Creed, kind of what yeah. Lauren just suggested. After Samantha saw Creed, I went and bought, you can get a pretty affordable like Blu-ray box set on Amazon. So I got that and it's got all the Rocky movies. So I grew up with like three and four. Uh, the others were before my time, you know, when they were new, but I loved four and it's so like stupidly entertaining now. It's, it's pretty, it's like this epic cold war battle thing. Yeah. Uh, So it might be easy for me to say in my nostalgia that one of those is my favorite sports movie, but it's not because Creed like blows them out of the water uh, in my mind. And I know Rocky, the first one won best picture and everything, but it's, this is so modern and well done that, 
yeah it's awesome uh i can't think of another sports movie i like more i don't think maybe moneyball might be close it's a very different movie than this and that's about it um but yeah i i agree with that sentiment yeah i like how um i really like that they took a movie that has was made like what like 40 years ago now or something was it in the 80s like late 70s might have been the late 70s yeah 1976 oh yeah oh my god (laughs) okay so okay what is that 44 years ago is that is that right like okay correct me if i'm wrong my math is not good um anyway um i I appreciate that you tried anyway (laughs) (laughs) thank you i tried yeah um (laughs) I mean, that makes sense because I know Sylvester Stallone's in his 70s now and he was probably in his 30s when he made that movie. So, yeah. Um, but I really like that they took such a legendary character like Apollo Creed and continued on with his legend. Not necessarily, obviously, with like Carl Weathers, but... Um, you the, know, the, the ghost. Talk about a chair with a blanket over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they And then they added like his, kind of like his just his legacy and continuing it on with his son. And I actually thought that this movie was, I didn't think it was going to be about his son. Cause I don't like reading anything or watching any like trailers or anything. Cause I, when I go into a movie, because I don't want to be um, like, I don't want to have already like preconceived notions about it. You know, I like to go in pretty much with like a really open mind unlike uncut gems which thanks to our instagram friend, <laughs> was totally ruined for me whatever not bitter oh, over it yeah spoiler alert nobody knows that creed die uh, apollo creed is dead <laughs> that's a spoiler yeah. <laughs> spoiler um yeah. <laughs> so um i really like that and i actually thought that it was gonna be about like apollo creed starting out like it was kind of like a prequel. oh so that's what i was going in thinking it was and then and I kind of like, as like, you know, like time went on or as I, as I started to like get closer to the time of watching the movie, I was like, maybe that's not what it's about, you know? So um, it was interesting to just go in not knowing what I was going to witness at all. And it really, you know, it was very surprising in a very positive way. So I'm happy about it, you know? I'll be interested to know, uh, if you do go back and watch the Rocky series, um, what you think of those through the lens of having seen Creed first. Because I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it does a good job of weaving in Rocky lore. So I think you're kind of rewarded for having seen all of them. But in in no way is it necessary. It's not like required viewing to go through all those, for, for God's sake. I mean, some of them, we, we could advise you or you can skip <laughs> but yeah is it rocky three where he has like the weird street fight or is that rocky five that's five five yeah, yeah. are there seven okay. of them yeah i think yeah. so that's yes crazy the last two are are decent though like the rocky balboa is is actually really is good it? yeah um, I but, um, remember seeing that Milo Ventimiglia plays his son in one of them. Yeah, like one of the greatest father-son casting lookalikes that I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, they even have like the same like weird like lip thing. That's, yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Drew Barrymore that... could be his daughter because she does the same thing. <laughs> does she? Yeah, I never mouth. noticed that. Does she like talks out of the side of her mouth? Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. I can, yeah. I kind of see what you mean. She does kind of, <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I, I definitely want to watch the rest of them. And I feel like I, I, I feel like a kid that was like, like, let me just like, okay, just stay with me <laughs> bear with me. But I feel like a kid that had to go to bed before, like, the real party started with all oh. my parents and then hearing about it later and being like, damn, I missed out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, So there was bits and pieces where I was like, Oh man, I wish I had seen that. So I knew what they were talking about. And it was, it just, it definitely made me want to see, you know, the others. So then at least I'm like, if I watch Creed again, I can watch it with like a new appreciation because now I actually know what they're talking about. You know? Yeah. I would recommend, watching all of them before you watch Creed 2 because I think Creed 2 um there's some things that like he's in a battle with the boxer's son who killed his dad you know so Mm -hmm. I think at least through four yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay if not all seven but yeah you you would yeah four is borderline required viewing I would think for Creed 2 Mm-hmm. but you know that's a that's a different story yeah <laughs> yeah i'll definitely have to check them out because i own the first one um so you know i don't know i i in my past relationship um the one of the good things about it is that i have a great a brand new appreciation for sylvester stallone so now i own a bunch of his movies um <laughs> the other day on skype you said i can't believe i would have lived my whole life without seeing judge dread which i think is the funniest like, something i never would have expected you to say or i love judge dread so much <laughs> i've never seen it have you mike have you seen judge dread I am the law. <laughs> I, I am the law. I think I've seen. I am the law. I love. I love Judge Dredd. Um, Sam, I would say to you, it's it's um, very eighties. It's a very cheesy eighties, but it's fun. Um, I love. I, I love as a relationship or as a takeaway from an entire relationship is Sylvester Stallone movies. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What more could you ask for? <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Um, I mean, now I own all the Expendables, so there's that, too. Um, and I love those because they're just, like, mindless action movies, and they're fun. Um, but, yeah, you guys want to actually get into talking about the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, um, there's something that I wanted to say from the very, like, at the very beginning that I really loved. Uh, so... It's sometimes for me, um, starting a character out as a child isn't always my favorite thing. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll wade through this, like, child, the obligatory child bits. I don't care for it usually, but I really thought it was done well in Creed because it was done so fleetingly and so, like, powerfully almost. Um, you just see him in the boys' school starting a fight, so you know that he has sort of, like, violence in his blood, you know, and, and he's had a hard life up till this point he's maybe like i don't know 12 13 and um i don't remember her name i want to call her claire huxtable <laughs> because that's how felicia i know her rashad. felicia rashad mary ann is her character's name yeah mary ann so felicia rashad who was married to creed apollo creed uh 
comes to take him in. And I just, there's this part in the beginning where she said, where he says to her, I don't have a father. And she says, you have a father. He died before you were born, but you have a father. And he says, what's his name? And then that's when the movie starts. And I, I just, I, I think that's a really, really cool moment because here he is, he has this tremendous legacy that he knows nothing about up till that point. And I was, what I was going to say branches right off of that, um, that, that scene where she's talking to him. And I like that he's resentful. Like his first instinct with anybody is to, is to be standoffish. But when she mentions his father, he blows that off for a moment, but then asks what was his name. So I like that he's got this intellectual curiosity, even as a kid. And he, when he thought about it, he does want to know about where he came from. And specifically, I love that when he asks what was his name, and it goes to the title card of yes. Creed. And it's just this low droning, like a bass note. And I don't know, it's just awesome. Like, it's the start of a new story. And I thought it was a if something can be like both understated and epic feeling at the same time, because um, the opening sequences for the Rocky films are get really bombastic. And (laughs) and this one was kind of the opposite of that. And I thought it was awesome. Just the the black screen and the white letters creed. It was really cool. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Very well Um, done. Can I just talk about really quick about how Felicia Rashad has like not aged at all (laughs) i was like she looks amazing i know like she when she came on the screen i was like oh my god i'm like she is so gorgeous like i mean it you know it's been what since the 80s or something that she that the cosby show has been on um she looks she looks amazing she Mm -hmm. looks really good good for her yeah and (laughs) she's a legit actress as well like she's not just like a sitcom star like i thought she she had very few scenes in this movie but um like i really liked her sass at the beginning because he's like i don't want to go to another group home and she's like i am not from a group home something else i really liked as the movie opened is the cool like they did it all through the movie but it's like the screen graphics that show the different boxer stats i thought that was pretty cool i was gonna ask you guys about that um it's like so when uh it does it three or four times, I think. And it's when the viewer is introduced to a professional boxer and it's in various settings, you know, it might be in a gym or, uh, you know, elsewhere. And the, it does kind of this freeze frame and then text appears on the screen. That's kind of like a playbill or what you might see on a, like a flyer for a, a, a boxing match or a night of boxing matches. So it'll show their name and their nickname and their win loss record and a couple of their accomplishments, like having uh, fought for the U.S. team in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you guys if, well, for one, I thought it was really cool and stylish, you know, and it took me by surprise the first time I saw it, like, oh, shit, I got to I gotta read now in this movie? I was not <laughs> expecting this. But uh, I, I kind of wonder, is this, do you think that's going to hold up, like, in 20 or 30 years? Or do you think people will look at that and think, that was a weird idea or that was cheesy or, or what I, that's just something I'm curious about if that's, if you thought it was cool now and will it always be if so? I thought it was cool. I personally 
I think it will hold up because I think it's a very creative way of getting a lot of information across without having sloggy dialogue, like without having the trainer say to him, no, listen, this is Joe Blow and he's pound for pound number two, you know, and going, and he's fought (laughs) for the Olympic team. Like, I think that would be more dated than just like, here's like your, it's almost like, here's your quick facts for this guy. And that's all you need to know is that he's a big deal. And we don't need any character to explain it to you. And I think that that's more timeless than having someone spell it out. That's my opinion. Cause I, I think it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I also think that um, like Sam with what you said about like slogging through dialogue that can get so, you know, just bogged down after a while. And, and after a while you're kind of like, wait, so who is this person and why am I supposed to care about them? And also um, it's not, what I like too, is that it's not about the other boxers. It's always been about Adonis or Donnie. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're not really trying to develop these other boxers as characters, which in my mind, I appreciate because I don't really want to know about them. I don't really want to care about them because it's not about them. It's about his journey. So, I, I think so. I think it will hold up. I think it's I think it's a clever idea and I like the way that it's done too and it's colorful and um it looks good, you know. It's I yeah, I think it should I would I think it would hold up for And sure. I didn't even yeah. think about that al- the alternative to this, which is a bunch of you know, like reading statistics as dialogue. Um but that's a credit to the movie, I think, that like it, it did something to me as the viewer without me even putting my finger right on it. Like it saved me from really bad scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and it, like I said, it looks, I thought it looks awesome. It's a really cool effect. I mean, we've talked before about other films where, you know, the dialogue is just like, Oh my God, why is this necessary? You know? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it just drags on and on. And you're like, you're like, I don't really like it. I think at a certain point, if, especially if you're, if they are, um, you know, introducing a bunch of different characters and a bunch of different boxers that if they're repeatedly like going over and over again about how well they did or how terrible they are, whatever, after a while, you're just like, okay, yep. Got it. Mm -hmm, Cool. Totally. Don't care anymore. You know? And, and it, it just, it gets so exhausting because it's not something that's really necessary to the rest of the film. And, you know, and, and, and poor dialogue can really, it can really start to wear you down as a viewer and just how you view the rest of the film and really like how you, how you feel about the other character and especially the main character. So that's, Yeah. Yeah, I think if there's something else I can say about this movie is that um, I felt like everything was very succinct. Like they tightened up a lot of loose ends. And I think that's impressive, especially in a sports movie because sports movies are prone to like inspirational soliloquies. And (laughs) this movie had some inspirational dialogue, which is fine with me. Like nothing about I have no complaints about any of the dialogue throughout the whole movie and I think like Mike said that's just a testament to the the filmmaking because they really like they tightened a lot of things that could have gone wrong in a modern day sports movie you know like let me let me say something about that 
I didn't even watch this movie in the theaters. And that's being a huge Rocky fan when I was a kid. I was so cynical about this movie coming out. I thought, this is a fucking cash grab. It's going to be terrible. And what you just said reminded me of this. Because if you make... Making a sports movie, there's so much that can go wrong. And they managed to get almost everything right in this. And I feel bad that I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't have faith. Um, but I, I, unlike Lauren, I, I think what made me give this a shot on uh, Blu-ray was that I had read that it, it, was, it was being regarded as way better by critics than I would have predicted. That's what made me give it a chance myself. So yeah, the sports films can get a lot wrong in this avoided all those pitfalls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the worst is back to like the inspirational like talks is when there's like that one person that's like standing in front of everyone else and they're like, and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to win and we're going to whatever. <laughs> and after a while you're like, like, you're like, yeah. But then after like a couple minutes, you're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I think uh... like sometimes it's like, sometimes in some sports movies the inspiration is a little too on the nose yeah um so yeah but yeah no no, this this movie is pretty cool and i like how it started like once after the credit scene it starts when he's in like he's a young adult now i guess i would assume maybe he's like 22 to 25 maybe yeah i think that's about right actually you can probably look up his age if you look up the fictional year that Apollo Creed died and determined when he was born but oh yeah um so maybe he's later in his 20s but regardless I really liked how they showed him in like Mexico he's in like Tijuana Mm. doing like dirty fighting basically and then the next day he was just in like a quiet finance office and I thought it's interesting because it shows that he came from like sort of a chaotic beginning in boy homes he turned his life around and he's successfully he's like on the fast track to like commercial success in business and but he still has this passion for boxing and i think part of that is just because like of his legacy the legacy of his father and i think that's an interesting way to start his like where the movie start starts you know and right his character is so well put together that it's it's clear that he's Apollo's son as Apollo's wife like literally points out later in the movie, but that he, Apollo was super intelligent and he like happened to be the best boxer in the world. And so now his son Adonis gets his intellect, his skills, but he also has this third injection of anger because of his upbringing. He didn't have a good upbringing. Um, so he's, it's not, he's not a carbon copy because he's got the genetics, but he's also got the, the upbringing, which was really unfortunate. So he has extra issues to deal with, but it's, it's a really good characterization of, you know, son of Apollo. Mm-hmm. So I have a question actually about Apollo. Um, does he, was he, I don't know if you, you know this, if this is in the movies or not, but did he have like a, a, like a high or a, an upper class like upbringing do you know uh i don't know about his childhood but he's definitely portrayed as being upper class when we meet him 
Okay. Because, but I, I'm not sure if he came into wealth because of boxing or not, but he, like I said, he's really intelligent. Like mm -hmm. he's almost like the brains behind uh, the first Rocky fight. Oh and yeah. As, yeah. As, he sets it as up. Like yeah. A, yeah. It's, it's like a promotional stunt and it's Apollo's idea. And so he's, he's like a shrewd businessman. So I, my impression is that he, he could do whatever he wanted, kind of like Adonis, but he happened to be so good at boxing that that's where the money is. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a very classy, savvy businessman. I have to man. say that I really like how Creed ran. It was, it was very similar to Rocky and I really liked that. Yeah. I thought it was a, very creative modern retelling of the rocky story almost not retelling but just like you said like it mirrored the rocky story but for the modern age and they yeah. did a really good job with that um, yeah well a, a part of that for me is once adonis makes up his mind about what he's going to do with his career he leaves uh southern california and goes to Philadelphia. And I assume his intent the whole time was to try to track down Rocky to train him. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't really do that straight away. Anyway, my point is that it reminds me of Rocky, and Lauren compared it to Rocky, in that the city of Philadelphia is almost like its own character in the movie. Yes. Like it's got so much fucking flavor. Mm -hmm. And they captured it in Rocky beautifully. And they did it again. Uh, Ryan Coogler is the director, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he did that with Creed. And it's such a, a cool tone. And Rocky fits in so well there. And Adonis is kind of out of water when he gets there. But he kind of has Rocky with him. So it's cool. But yeah, I love, I love the setting when he goes to Philadelphia. And it definitely uh, was reminiscent of the Rocky film. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so I like when Donnie goes to Rocky's restaurant and it's named Adrian's, which I was like, oh, that's so cute. Um, did you also notice that he still has his turtle? Yeah, those are the, the fun fact. I read that those are the same turtles. Is it really? I read that somewhere. Yeah, that they're the same turtles. They oh my god, that makes time. me so happy. I love yeah. it. I know turtles live for a really long time, but yeah, well, they got a free show. They got to see Donnie and his girlfriend <laughs> have sex well, on the couch. I love that. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh my god, he still has a turtle. That's great. Um, <laughs> it's it, that made me that made me really happy that they had added that little aspect in because it was such a tiny one, but I was like. I was like, I remember that. I remember he got a turtle in Rocky. <laughs> and then he still has a turtle. And it was great. That that made me happy. That was great. What, what you don't want to do is piss off the original fans by having imposter turtles standing <laughs> yes. in for yeah, the originals. Yeah. So yeah. you got you gotta show up. Turtles? The big bucks for the real turtles. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. This kind of grossed me because my understanding is that keeping like live reptiles in your living room probably doesn't smell good, but Yeah. You know, yeah but it, but it, it got adonis in the mood so whatever. <laughs> yeah. turtles mood. turtle smell is a very powerful aphrodisiac so. it, yeah that's a, yeah. i've heard that but definitely very mm -hmm. sexy yeah <laughs> so i like that he goes to the gym to mickey's gym 
and the new owner is like, yeah, pay me $20 a month and you can work out whenever. And something that I really find exciting in movies and stories is when um, like you have somebody very important in your midst, but you don't realize it. So everyone's Mm -hmm. sort of like blowing him off. People don't know who he is. And I think that's a really cool touch because he's trying to make a name for himself. So he doesn't go by Creed. He goes by Adonis Johnson because mm-hmm. that was his mom's name. And yeah. um, and then he goes to Rocky's or he goes to Rocky's restaurant. And or I think at, before that, he went to Rocky's restaurant and and they talked and he learned like rocky learned who he was and i also like that rocky didn't want to help him like he was pretty firm like he's like no i don't want to do it yeah i like that too well i mean he's you know he's an older guy he's retired and he just wants to take care of his his restaurant that he named after his wife and um i I don't know i i really i really love the aspect of having adrian still be so much a part of like the story you know mm-hmm. uh, even though she's passed away i thought that was really sweet i really like that but yeah yeah adrian and polly i like that polly was part of the story too and yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so then he meets bianca right i really That's like how mean she was to him like <laughs> I do too. He's like, I have to work out tomorrow. She's like, oh, you have to work out. That's cool. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Like, I don't care. Bye. <laughs> she goes, you won't hear a peep from me. And then the door closes and the volume on the music is exactly the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, you know, he's in love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Tessa Thompson. I think she's great. Yeah, I, she's I really just, good. I've noticed her like really, like I really had not known who she was until, um, what was it uh oh, ragnarok? Thor ragnarok yeah and then i've just seen her all over the place it's like she just exploded out on the scene which is great um and uh i really i like too that she has kind of it's kind of almost you know parallel to what boxers go through with traumatic brain injuries and after a while you really can't you know fight anymore because your brain is so important um and what is happening to her is that she's slowly going deaf. So I can't imagine, and like, sure, she knows it's happening, but her life is her music. And so she is experiencing having to lose such an important aspect of her. Um, and I, I thought that was interesting too, to include that. And not only that, but it, it really made her more of a, uh, a stronger character. I think, you know, made her more, I, th- more like, um, I guess like an empathetic aspect to his story as well. Cause it's not really, it's not really about her, but also like that she has her own thing going on, you know? Yeah. I really like how, um, they improved the love story from Rocky. I think I like Rocky and Adrian. I don't have a problem with Adrian, but um, I like that Bianca is like her own woman. Yes. She has music. And Adrian in the beginning, in the, in the first Rocky movie, she's like, you're really not sure what she's thinking a lot no. of the time. Well, she's you know? like a little scared mouse, you know? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't really sure if she was thinking a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like she has the pet store, but is that a job or are pets a passion? Like you don't know anything about her and her brother, like Polly is so mean to her. Like he throws the Thanksgiving turkey out in the snow and forces her to go on a date with Rocky because he's afraid she'll be a, a spinster, you know? So it's like, I don't even remember that. I, I saw that movie years ago, so I don't remember that. But, um, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was like on my birthday a couple of years ago and we were talking about Rocky. We were at that um, <laughs> Japanese at restaurant. Ichiban? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I remember, Mike, you saying something about the scene where Adrian's in like Rocky's apartment and he's oh like not letting her leave. <laughs> like I was like, that was a little borderline date rapey. Like, you know, Lauren, you did not say that at the time. Cause I was so surprised. Cause Mike was saying it was a weird date rapey scene. And you were like, I didn't mind it. And I remember my head exploded. Because what? You said I you did not remember it. saying that. I did not remember saying that at all. I refuse to believe that happened. <laughs> a weird scene. It was a very weird scene, and I am glad that they didn't. I mean, you really like this day and age. If you're doing something like that in 2015, you're gonna have a lot of issues <laughs> with your your movie. I don't know um, why it flew in 1976, and yeah. it's, no. it doesn't it doesn't reflect. It almost like doesn't even fit in with Rocky's character. Right? No, know? it doesn't, and it's it's like scary, and she's so she's so meek and like you know and he's just this like huge strong guy and I know we're kind of going off base here a little bit but um I liked that like what you said Sam is that Bianca was more her own woman versus just being a love interest for Adonis yeah I was gonna I was gonna say that too when I was thinking just now uh, when Lauren was describing her the difficulty she's facing I think all this is by design to make to make us a strong female lead because the last thing i mean you want to talk about pitfalls especially in a sports movie it, it a lesser filmmaker would have had just a woman for the sake well you got to have a woman yep and her her goal is to swoon for adonis done yep and that was not how this unfolded so yeah that's that's a good work yeah and it wasn't like at the end, it wasn't like, a, oh, the guy gets the girl either. It was like, okay, they're in a relationship and she cares about him. And I like that too. You know, as a woman who also has her own thoughts and feelings and dreams, I like being portrayed like a human. Just saying. like, <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think they did a good job of making her care about him and also not, like Mike said, swoon for him. And yeah. I think that that's... A really they did a tremendous job in that and i i like there's a moment like there's some part of the reason i think i like this movie so much is just there's they the director pulled out so many good performances and i don't think that's always easy to do in a sports movie because in a sports movie like the sports take the stage you know and performances is a lot of the time not quite as important but this movie has such I, just really great moments and there's a moment when he's like Adonis is jogging and he sees her music poster up and so he goes in to the club that she's singing at and this was like right after she was like mean to him and didn't turn her music down so they, they have no connection besides that moment and he's standing in the crowd and she is on stage and she's singing and the whole the whole room is pretty much into her show and she like I think she sees him because they address it a little bit later that she she knew he was at the show 
and she sees him and she smiles but then she keeps singing to the whole room and it's it's a I don't know it's like it's a really like sexy moment for her I I just think that it's it's very subtle and no I well done yeah I get what I see what you mean she's well and the song that she's singing is like very like sensual you know like you're like you're like hmm this song is a little sexy here and uh but I think that when she smiles at him it's almost like a like (laughs) it's almost like she's like ha I got you I got you under my spell you know what I mean like and I I like that about I like that Mm -hmm. and Um, then you don't and then the next time they interact is when he goes to her door and asks her to go to dinner so there's no like after the concert scene where he like finds her you know what I mean it's just it's really yeah I was actually really worried when I was watching that I was like I was really worried that the next thing that you were going to see is them sleeping together. And yep. I was going to be yeah. like, I have to throw the whole movie out now. Like, <laughs> because, because I yeah. hate when they do that shit. I'm like, there's no character. Like, there's no yeah. connection between them. And they're suddenly fucking. I don't think so. <laughs> they, or they do like the weird kissing booth thing where he kisses her. And then he's like, we don't have to do this. And we're like, do what? We're just kissing. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. At the Hollywood sign. <laughs> So I love their I love their relationship um, because they get to know each other and they're both people with their own desires and dreams. So yeah, it's just really well. It's well and done. fears. And fe- yeah. yeah, yeah. And she's famous on her own. Like she doesn't need him. She's, she's right. You know, she's worked her way up to being a, a pretty successful artist. Um, and I yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I really liked Bianca. I thought she was a great she was a great aspect to the story and she wasn't just a love interest she was her own person mm-hmm. what's up bianca what's up bianca <laughs> hey girl <laughs> um there's something else i wanted to talk about which happened right after this moment and it goes along with um there's multiple performance aspects for michael b jordan that i want to bring up and the first one is happens when so he goes back to and he like jogs over to Rocky's restaurant again and he's and Rocky's unloading a truck and they're talking and, and he's asking Rocky if he'll want to help him like train him again and Rocky's like no I, I'm sorry kid I just don't want to do it and there's this tremendous performance there um Michael B. Jordan I guess Creed we'll call him Adonis which is what we've been I'll just call him every name Adonis is looking at him and they're talking and then as soon as uh, Rocky says, you know, I'm sorry, kid. I just don't want to do it. Adonis has trouble making eye contact and he's like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Maybe just give me some, some pointers on things I can do. And he's like looking everywhere, but at Rocky. And I, I just, it's so subtle again, but I just love it because you can see that he, like Mike said earlier, he has this anger and he has this all this under the surface of his like traumatic upbringing and people letting him down and people abandoning him and he's bothered by it i think he's bothered because he like calls rocky uncle or unk you know like unk, they're like yeah. family and and he wants a family you can tell like he has you know he needs people in his corner and rocky doesn't want to do it he's not convinced yet and you can tell that donis is bothered by it because he stops making eye contact for a few moments but he's not going to let it show you know and i just it's such a subtle moment but i just i think well he had this plan mm-hmm. uh, 
in Philadelphia and it's like in that moment that you're describing he's starting to feel that plans slip away yeah and yeah you can dig as deep as you want like it could be the the plan to get trained or to try to expand a family that he doesn't have and never had and that felt like it was slipping away mm-hmm yeah yeah, yeah. It's- I think I really like the relationship between Rocky and um, Donnie and um, and they kind of become less like trainer and trainee and more like I'm the father that you really never had, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that's and that's and especially it's not just like a one sided thing too. it's a, like Donnie's always lifting up Rocky too, you know. It's a very much like a symbiotic relationship and they clearly really care about each other. That's, that's nice to see. I love strong male relationships in films and, and it's, um, it's very, it's very nice to see that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to branch off. Speaking of performances, uh, Samantha was talking about Adonis in that scene. And in that same scene, there's, what I would call like a Rockyism when Adonis gives up on, all right, you won't train me, at least give me some drills I can do to get my hand speed up or something. And, and Rocky looks at him and says, you don't stop, do you? You're, you're like a woodpecker. And he does this gesture with his hand. <laughs> and like the, I don't know, Stallone, I don't, unlike Lauren, I haven't done a deep dive into Stallone's work. <laughs> all I know for sure is that he's fucking awesome as Rocky. Yeah. And Rocky is, like all these years later he can still like pull out he becomes rocky and he's kind of intellectually a simpleton but he's super streetwise he can read a room and he can read people and he knows how to react um and what he says things that sound kind of silly but you know exactly what his point is and what he's getting at and in that way, he's really smart, and that re- the woodpecker thing totally fit in with, you know that that's that's something Rocky would do and say, and uh, I don't know, I really like that detail. Rocky, I think, is just such a likable character, you know, like even like even like with Mike, what like you said, he may not be the smartest, but he's just so likable, and I think he's very. Um, I think really kind of like anyone can kind of almost like put themselves in his shoes and identify with him just as a person, you know, he, he has his own, his own dreams. And as he's grown older, he's, um, slowed down a lot. And now he's just doing stuff that kind of makes him happy. And I, I like Rocky a lot. I think he's a great character. He's a well-written character and he's very, um, well developed and everything like that and i gotta say okay so i have to say one thing i absolutely loved when he visited adrian's grave yeah and Mm -hmm. i thought that was the cutest freaking thing because he has the chair so he's clearly been there a lot and then he sits down and he's just like he's just like talking to her and he's like let's see what's going on in the world today and it was so simple but clearly like he has so much love for his wife and and it it made my heart happy, you know. It, it just it was this cute, really simplistic moment, but it wasn't overly emotional, you know. It was very 
just like, this is what I do. I come and I visit my wife's grave and I see how she's doing and I tell her I love her. And it's part of his routine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it it was, it was so perfect. I loved that scene and I'm really glad that they added that in there because it, I think it added, I, I, I just love, I just love that he's still so much in love with his wife after all this time, even though she's passed and and it's, it's beautiful, you know? And, uh, I want to amend something I said a minute ago about his, Rocky's intellect. He's not stupid. He's uneducated. That's oh, really yeah. that's really his only the only issue. I think he's really smart, but he's totally uneducated. And I think they show it in some of the earlier films and even a little bit in in this movie that he uh, struggles with reading a bit. So that's. Um, but it all plays into who he is and why he's so likable because he still can get a point across and he's, he does the right things. And yeah. 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 I, yeah, there's a scene in that same scene that we were talking about where like Donnie helps him spell shadow. Like he's like, you don't yeah. want a shadow box. And Donnie's like with the W and he's like W, you know? And, um, but yeah, I think, Actually, I've been th- when I was watching Creed, I, I thought of this, but I think it's funny that Mike mentioned this earlier about the Netflix show High Score, because Creed is an interesting example of like, like the movie stands on its own, but the deeper you get into the movie, it's like standing on the shoulders of this, like the giants that came before it, like Rocky as a yeah. character and Creed, Apollo Creed as a character and like Rocky's relationship with Pauline and with Adrian and all of those factors, you don't need to know them to think the movie is amazing. But when you do know them, it makes the movie, like it just rounds the movie out so much greater. And I think that's, really hard to do with a movie sequel especially when you're doing like what is it the eighth sequel basically and in a line of you know good and not as good movies i think to take like to pluck the things that make the rocky movie so important to pluck those out and to so expertly place them in this movie is is very well done like yeah the movie stands in two in two ways, like on its own and in the legacy of the Rocky movies. And so, yeah, like Rocky as a character, like I love something that I think is really cool about movies is like they create a world. Like, so the world that this movie is in is that Rocky is a, a champ, like people love Rocky. Apollo Creed is a champ, you know, so Adonis is living in this like dream world you know like he's he's with like two very very beloved people are part of his life you're you know like paul creed like created him but he wasn't necessarily part of his life but like the legacy and what he's heir to is is that and and like so when creed is at the gym the next day and rocky leaves the graveyard and goes to the gym it's like people are in awe like oh rocky's here you know and the gym owner's trying to get rocky to help his son and i love that rocky's it's like yeah you guys all may love me but i'm my own guy and i want to help creed you know and i love that moment like who doesn't want to be at a gym where everyone's ignoring you and then have the most famous person in the, the city come in and want to work with you, you know? <laughs> right yeah. and the way the way that he turns down 
the gym owners offer he's so polite and cool about it yeah. you know and like everything rocky like rocky is heroic it just the way he deals with people and i think i don't know it's he never disses anybody really it's right. he knows how to handle people and it, it's so cool he's very affable you know yeah, yeah. um i really like too when Donnie is leaving the apartment and he's moving in with Rocky and he and Bianca's <laughs> like where are you going and she's like you're not going to tell me that you're leaving and and um he's like no, no I'm going to go live with my uncle and she's like so why didn't you tell me that your uncle is Rocky Balboa <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's exactly it like everyone knows Rocky <laughs> yeah 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 I, I love, love it they they sprinkle the lore of Rocky throughout this movie. And it's super rewarding if you've seen the other films, but like Samantha said, it's, it's two levels and it's not required, but it is rewarding. Um, uh, to add on to what Samantha was saying, one thing I made a note of that I love about this movie and uh, I guess around the what's going on in Philadelphia is that kind of like if you meet a former president of the United States, you might, say Mr. President out of respect for the office that they held similar to that um when people see Rocky on the street they say hey champ yeah everybody calls him champ because he's not champion anymore but he was and he's beloved and it's almost like a sign of respect like cops call him champ you know the 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 owner of the gym's son calls him champ and it's the the respect is really cool yeah Yeah, that's a great point yeah so in a in a boxing movie you're gonna have likely multiple fights shot fight scenes and this does and the director did a pretty awesome job of making them all feel different from one another and that's such it, it might be another example of something that happens when you're watching it that you might not know is happening to you but it doesn't drain you the viewer the way that it would if all the fight scenes were shot the same way that could get exhausting seeing guys beat the piss out of each other in the exact same format um and in particular i wanted to talk about his first like pro fight against leo which was the gym owner's son yeah and going into the fight the gym owner was thinking yeah this is just to get my son warmed up and he thought he was gonna defeat uh creed or adonis because adonis had less experience that that by hook or by crook the fight was shot in a single shot and it was super stylish and maybe artistic i don't know and i again i don't know if it was camera trickery or cg trickery but at least the the look of it was a single shot for the whole fight and i thought that looked awesome yeah yeah i i agree with you and actually i was thinking about um how you're right about they do have each each fight is like so different from the last. And I was thinking particularly again about Man of Steel about how there's that super long fight scene at the end and all you kind of want to do is just like leave the movie Um, because it's so fucking long. It's like 40 minutes of them fighting and you're like, yep, got it. Okay, cool. Um, And with this, (laughs) I mean, for some reason I can compare Man of Steel to this movie a lot for some reason, but um, Oh, like well, one is what not to do and one is what to do basically <laughs> yeah, yeah um i think they say you're... creed is the man of steel of boxing films yeah <laughs> yes that's what they've been saying 
It seems that that's not a good thing, though, because Man yeah. of Steel was terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're all wrong. <laughs> they're all um, wrong. No, you are, you're absolutely right, though, that it, each one has a different feel. And I like, too, that they don't last forever. So you're not like, okay, let's get, let's, like, let's get going. What's going on? Um, because to me, um, I think sometimes when they have too long of a, I'm, I'm not really a big sports person, like at all, really. Um, as it turns out, I really enjoy boxing movies. So there's that. Um, I also like UFC fighting. So that's kind of like in the same vein, <laughs> but, um, I hope you keep listing sports that you like. <laughs> I, I'm I mean, okay with golf. I occasionally like hockey. I can watch <laughs> basketball sometimes. I mean, in baseball is cool, Badminton. I guess, but yeah. you know, there's like, also I mean, my volleyball. favorite movie is Miracle. <laughs> Oh yeah, is, Miracle is that a hockey? Movie. Is that a hockey yeah. movie? Miracle? Yeah, hockey. Okay. Um, but um, I totally forgot where I was going with this. But I, what I'm saying basically is, I agree with you. I think that they did a really good job on that. I think that they did. Um, they made them so they were they were short but sweet, but they were good, and it didn't make you want to just be like, oh my god, when is this gonna end? You know. So. Uh, I really like this movie. I gotta yeah, say, I, really, I liked, really enjoyed um, it. There's a multiple small moments that really capture me, and one of them is uh, be, right before his big fight with the gym order son with Leo, when they put the gloves on, and he's like, "Cut my gloves off," and Rocky's like, "Well, we're about to start," and he's like, "No, cut my gloves off," <laughs> and he has to go to the bathroom, and he's like, "I gotta like, poop." <laughs> like, it's pretty amazing because like Bianca is there. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll be I'll just wait outside. <laughs> like I just love the uh calling out the fact of like emergency nervous bathroom going. I don't know. I just it's so realistic and it, it was really well done. And then and then Rocky's like, That's okay, it happens to the best of us and they're like <laughs> cutting his gloves off and, and again. No, I actually I really like that too. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike, yeah. but I really like that too because I um okay like in tmi but when i get nervous i also have um issues related like that where i'm like i know like cut these gloves off i gotta go right now so, the real question was, is why are you wearing gloves <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know <laughs> just to do day-to-day tasks i like to wear my boxing gloves um no i really like that because i think it made him very human and 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 you're just you're just kind of like oh hey stuff like that happens to me too and I also get nervous and it's nice to see that it's not just someone who's like no I'm fine and I'm not nervous about this at all and everything's fine but when in reality he really should be because it's a scary thing to go into when you're you know um you're it's beating green up. Still. it's his first it's his first pro fight exactly yeah, yeah it, it that's that could be really terrifying i could i can totally understand why he would be like oh no this and is that, about to happen that Cut scene my gloves. <laughs> that scene gave us another bit of rocky charm because the referee had just come into the dressing room <laughs> yeah and, the, and adonis goes into the bathroom and rocky says something like hey ref you do us a favor. We're going to need about 10 minutes. Can you just buy us 10 minutes? And <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. no, no problem. Yeah. And then Adonis hadn't been in the bathroom for 10 <laughs> seconds and Rocky sort of knocks on the door. Hey, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like he yeah, doesn't know like he doesn't good. know what's going on right he can only go as fast as his body will let him. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was good it i like that that was I, that was a funny scene and it's another like notch on the journey of adonis's like career like of course he's super nervous like mike said this is his first real fight you know so it's just like the trajectory of how he's going is believable you know yeah. like he's i like that he has a lot of like fire like he's full of piss and vinegar when you make him upset you know like yep. the scene that we'll talk about when he gets in the fight at bianca's concert like he's full of that sort of fire that comes out but at the same time he's still like a real person and he's scared you know yeah oh yeah, yeah for sure it's it's nice to see it's nice to have um someone like that be humanized mm -hmm. because when um you know like if you're gonna make a movie about let's say i don't know just off the top of my head a well-known superhero oh, and you're gonna make an origin story <laughs> you gotta humanize them <laughs> well he's an alien so <laughs> he's not human yeah um also something that i noticed in the movie that i'm not sure how to say it but so prior to that fight, Rocky takes him to a different gym because he's like, you can't work out in the same gym that your opponent is working out in. And I thought that was a really creative way to bring in more people of color to help him become yes. a champion instead of just having Rocky alone. And they address it so beautifully because Adonis gets angry. He's like, "What? Well, you know, I thought you were going to be training me. And he's like, listen, I can't train you in all the ways that you need to be trained. Like I can't hold the gloves for you to punch that hard anymore. And, and it's just so perfect. It's so well done because it's like, oh yeah, of course, Rocky's old and he's been beat up. So he's not as, you know, he, he just, he just can't keep up with a new boxer, but he's here and he's like, I'm here in your mind. I'm here in spirit. You know, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm with you, but he just has this like team of people. And I thought that was a really good way of just like like making the cast even more diverse and yeah. um getting him into this his own gym so it's not mickey's gym which was rocky's gym you know and 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 i i thought that was just a very clever and creative way to boost up the the cast and that scene and you described is maybe 30 seconds long but it could have been so easily overlooked and mm -hmm. yeah. the audience would be left wondering why the hell did we just like Rocky just stepped back and everybody's cool with that. Like we, like Adonis, we wanted to see Rocky, but they, like you said, they addressed it perfectly with Rocky talking about his physical limitations and you need these guys to get where you need to be. And it was very, very well done. Well, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's an interesting um, commentary on how much boxing really ruins your body, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm, I, he, I'm sure he had probably has like, nasty arthritis in his hands i would bet you um you know that that's why he ha has such a hard time like holding the whatever those are that you know you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about i don't know what they're called the thing, yeah but i don't know what they're called either. pads <laughs> pads. pads yeah pads. pads okay so like <laughs> the easiest word <laughs> pads i thought it was like some fancy term but okay um yeah and i think that's an interesting aspect to add into is that um Rocky has struggled with his own physical limitations as he's gotten older because of his boxing and it really it's really hell on your body I mean you're 
you, you know, and, and so you're not necessarily seeing, um, I think that people, especially like sports um, stars are, are kind of put on this like almost like godlike um, pedestal and they're not, they're human. And so having, being able to see that and being able to see like, okay, so he struggled and he suffered in his own way. It, it just makes him more likable. And I mean, as mm-hmm. I've said before, you know, Rocky is just so likable, but I think that really, that aspect like helps a lot too. And the, the movie does a, a really nice job of not glorifying combat sports in a way that would make people think they want to go out and partake in this. And in particular, I'm thinking about the scene uh, earlier in the film when Adonis tells Marianne that he's going to, you know, fight full time. And she kind of goes on a tirade about, how she had to take care of Apollo when he was so fucked up after, after a fight that he couldn't do anything for himself. And they yeah. made it seem so unattractive and grueling and difficult for everybody involved. And it's, I think, a good point for the film to just briefly address that. And they did. So it's like none of this comes without consequence for the yeah. fighters. Yeah. I like that too. And I, I like also that they met, they mentioned that there is, um, you know, traumatic brain injuries that are involved with boxing. It's not just, you just walk away and you're totally fine because you won't, you know, you're eventually, you're really going to mess up your, your head. And it's, it's important to remember that in especially such a violent sport that while you may be on the top of the world, your body's going to fall apart. And, you know, and yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Mike. I think that's, it's, it's a good important aspect to have because you can't ignore that. You cannot ignore, um, you know, traumatic brain injury as, as being part of a boxing thing when it's just, it's such a, it, it hurts so bad in the long run, just not even just you, but everyone that is involved with your life and having to deal with whatever consequences happen. And, you know, a lot of people who have traumatic brain injuries, there's also a lot of uh, correlation with domestic violence. And, um, and so I, I, they didn't, they didn't pave over anything. It was never like, this is so glamorous. This is so great. It it was, it was always like, well, there's going to be issues here and we're going to talk about them. And I, I think that was, that was really great. That was a great aspect of it. Yeah. And I think something that is not done very often is putting Sylvester Stallone in a movie and having him sit in a folding chair while younger people work out, you know? So yeah. I thought that was a really good uh, use, of, use of him. Like he's an aging boxer. Of mm-hmm. course, he's not going to work out. But, you know, Stallone as an actor is like big time action guy. So he's very rarely in movies where he's not showing his strength so in the like in the vein of a character development or character the character of rocky it would make sense that he would drive a van and make adonis run beside it and make adonis jump rope and sit down and then there's like a bell and he's like oh that bell doesn't mean school's out keep jumping rope you know and he's sitting there (laughs) reading his paper he's drinking coffee you know and and i think that that also is a really good character development for him that yeah he you know, if you're, if you're 
looking at it as a movie viewer, Stallone is like a big tough guy, but in this movie, he's like, he's on the bench, you know? Yeah. It makes sense. It's, it's just, it's really cool. It's really Yeah. Fun. Like, well, it's, you're like, yeah, he's a big tough guy, but also he's aged and he's, you know, he's an older guy. He just wants to hang out and, you know, chill out with his, you know, near his wife's grave and read the <laughs> newspaper to her. Like it's, it's, it's just such a simpler aspect of him. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that they had that. Um, it, oh, I really like this movie. I know. I really I'm so glad it. you liked it. It's it was so very good. good. I, I had the hardest time not texting you. I wanted to be like, oh my God, I finished it and I loved it. But I was like, no, no. Don't say anything. And it's because I'm, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we have a rule where we can't talk about the movie before we yeah. discuss it on the podcast. And it's a very difficult rule <laughs> because we break it often. <laughs> yeah. I even like sometimes Mike and I will watch the movies that, we are, that we're doing for the episode. We'll watch them together. And this week, he, Mike even said to me, I purposely didn't watch this movie with you because it would have been similar. Like him and I, even though we've seen it together before, like we would have talked about it. It's so hard not to talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. It's very hard. It's, yeah. You know, sometimes you're just like, I have something I want to say about a specific scene. <laughs> they can't. Yeah. 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 So, um, so in the middle of the movie, you find out that like the number one champion of the world is about to go to jail or prison for like gun possession or something in is it ireland or england um uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think I, know. I think it's in england england okay so he wants to get in like one last fight before he goes in and the contender that he was gonna fight against they like had a little brawl outside of the ring and he broke his jaw oh yeah yep so then um because Donnie won the battle with, with Leo, then the trainer, the number one champion's trainer, calls to set up like a meeting to to start a fight, to get a fight going between pretty Ricky Conlon and Adonis. Because, oh, we totally skipped the part where um, the whole world finds out that Adonis, you know, Adonis Johnson is, is Creed's biological son from an affair. Right. right. And... Um, so he wants him to take the Creed name. Like, he's like, you know, there's no fight. If you, if you want to be in a fight, you have to go as Creed. And I think, you know, obviously for marketing and everything. And I really like, there's a scene where um, Adonis and Bianca are sitting and talking. And he's sort of mulling about if he wants to take the name or not. And I like how she sort of, she illustrates it in a really nice way where she's like, you know, like, you came to Philadelphia and you're trying to like follow in his footsteps, but for some reason you're like bulking, like you don't want to take his name, but it's your name. And I, I just right. thought that was really beautiful. Like, like this is almost like, it's like your birthright, like put the cloak on, you earned it. You know, you're his son. You don't have to run from it. You don't have to fight it. Like he died before you were born. You never knew him. You were the product of an affair. Like all that aside, it's your birthright. It's your name. And I thought that was, was a really cool moment. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Adonis has written on the coattails of his father, you know, mm -hmm. he has made his own name within this community and, and she was right. It, he, he 
should accept this name because it's his legacy. Yeah. 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 So they decide to have a fight. He decides to take the name and they Mm -hmm. decide to have a fight. And this opens up to my very favorite number one scene in the movie. And I love it. And I love the performance. And so he goes to Rocky's restaurant. He goes to Adrian's and he's talking to Rocky and they decide to do the fight. And he says, make the call. And Rocky walks away and Creed says really loud, like he starts lower and gets louder and he's like i'm gonna have a fight with pretty ricky conlin and it's (laughs) such a tremendous performance it's my favorite i could watch that scene over and over again because he's as he's saying the name he's excited and as soon as he's done saying the name it's like the gravity of the situation falls over his face and it's so tremendous it says so much with so little where he's like at the same time, super excited, super freaked out, ready to start, scared to start. You know, it's just, I've ne- I don't know if I've seen many performances where an actor can write so many things on their face in such a brief time. And I just, I love it. I love that yeah. scene. Yeah. It's he, like a, a fear washes over him at, mm-hmm. along with a bunch of other things. Uh, yeah. The only, the only other thing that comes to mind immediately along those lines is a couple scenes that Bill Murray performs in Rushmore. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that, but it, he does some really good facial expressions in that. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I agree. He does, he does do good facial expressions in Rushmore as well. Or not as well, seen. but yeah. As well, yeah. And Michael B. Jordan was in that yeah. um, I've never actually seen that movie. Yeah, so that's just, it's just my favorite performance. And I think, like, if, if you could win an Oscar on, like, 20 seconds of film, then he should have won, <laughs> you know? Like, so good. I love it. He was very good in this role. I, I, was, I was quite impressed with him. I, I thought that Michael B. Jordan did a great job. I think he was awesome. Um, no, but I guess what I wanted to talk about was when he goes to jail for the guy oh. calling him Baby Creed. Yeah, but um, that's interesting because, sorry, I cut you off. No, I don't, no, go for it. Well, what led into that was that Rocky finds out he's got cancer. Yeah. He has um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yep. And then Rocky says to him, like, you know, like, I think in like a self-preservation sort of situation, Rocky's like, we're not family. It was all in your head, kid. You know, like he doesn't, I think it's interesting because like another message of the movie is that like Rocky is, I mean, even though he's successful in his restaurant, like he's not boxing anymore. And I think boxing was like his passion. So he's not doing it anymore. So he's kind of given up in a way like, yeah, he's found success and he has a life, but he's sort of given up in that aspect of it, of his life and like Creed coming along woke that up and brought him like a spark but then he finds out he got he has cancer and so he's just willing to like just not get treatment like he's just willing to let the cancer take him and I think that it's interesting because almost like self like I said like self-preservation like he doesn't want to admit that helping Creed has been sort of like revitalizing his life yeah and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have like he doesn't want to experience that loss just as much as like he doesn't want maybe Creed to experience the loss of him dying. Like you know, I, and it's it's very heavy. Well, it's I wanted very... to I wanted to speak on that scene too. It's something else I noted 
specifically that uh, Adonis finds the brochures in Rocky's jacket. That's how he finds out that he's sick. And then mm-hmm. Rocky tells him he's not going to seek treatment. And Adonis is like, when are we going? Let's go to the hospital. And Rocky tells him he doesn't want to and he's fine with it. And Rocky kind of talks about how his life has passed him by. And it's kind of what what you just touched on. And he mentions, he like point, gestures to these posters on the wall about all these other old or deceased boxers and saying like me all those guys it's all behind me my wife is gone you know if i Mm -hmm. if i could spend one more day with my wife i would trade anything in to do it but everything's gone so basically he's kind of saying i've got it's not worth it anymore for me to go through this treatment that would be super unpleasant and adonis is i think it hurts his feelings because he adonis basically says what about me am I not worth fighting for? Like you're helping me. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rocky says the thing about, yeah, we're not family. That's all in your head. And I think that crushed Adonis. Oh yeah. Because yeah, maybe more than anything, what he wants is family. And Rocky just told him to fuck off and he didn't mean it. And like Samantha said, he was, he was being defensive and trying to just shut down the situation and he showed immediate regret because Adonis kind of leaves in a huff and Rocky immediately sits down and he's like, what are you doing? What do mm-hmm. you, why did you say that? But we <laughs> also have to, to remember that Rocky watched his own wife go through cancer yeah. mm-hmm. and the chemotherapy didn't work for her and it ended up killing her. Um, and I can understand why he might be like, you know what, if I, I have this cancer and if I pass from it, then that's the sooner that I get to see my wife, you know? Yeah. And, but also he knows he went through his own, you know, deep rooted heartbreak where he watched the woman that he loved slowly fade away. And he had the hope that chemotherapy was going to help her and it didn't. And so now he's just like, why, why put myself through that again? Why put myself through the hope that, Hey, maybe I'll live through this. And, um, but it's, it is a, it's a very heartbreaking scene where he's just, he's telling Donnie, like, you know, it's, we're nothing, nothing. It's not, you know, we're not important. Our, our relationship is nothing. And, um, and I can understand why, having someone call him baby creed might trigger that where he's like fuck you you fucking asshole you know like let's fight and not saying that he did he went about that right but you know um from someone who had probably his entire life had to really hide how he felt about things and now finally having a situation where he like has someone who loves him or, you know, you know, um, and then having to just lose that in seconds, it's, I can understand why he might just go off on someone who, while they're an innocent person, it's also like, don't fucking call me my father's name. I'm my own person, you know? And I want to add a, a tidbit to that. Um, for what it's worth in that scene. And we're talking, we're basically backstage at a nightclub because Bianca is getting ready to perform. And the headline performer 
is in the hallway and he says hi to he says hi to Bianca and uh he he calls Adonis baby creed once yep and Adonis blows it off then he poses for a picture with him and he calls him baby creed a second time and Adonis like Lauren said he's got these feelings already built up inside of him because of his uh confrontation with Rocky he tells him not to call him that and they they have an exchange and it's pretty aggressive and it kind of the last thing said is the the headliner saying that he's gonna line him up in a vip seat next to his old man so he totally disses his father and threatens his life and that's when adonis uh starts the fight and you don't it's not prolonged it's really brief we don't even see it end. it just kind of cuts to him in a prison cell yeah yeah but i mean so anyway yeah so then when rocky visits him to bail him out and everything doesn't rocky like say um that's not what i meant i didn't mean like we're not you know we're not family or whatever um i like that i thought it was important how they showed donnie crying over rocky saying that to him you know um because i think that there is a i mean well i know that there's a a lot of like toxic masculinity where a man showing that he's crying is seen as weakness but i don't feel like that at all it's emotion and everyone has that so you know like showing emotion is not weakness um and I like that they added that aspect to it that he's like, in reality, he's just a kid. Like he's just a kid who wants a family, who grew attached to someone who really stabbed him in the back or he felt like it. And, and, and now he's just like, I'm alone. And here I am again, back in, you know, back in like a jail cell all by myself. Cause he was like fighting with all the inmates and, um, and, and I think it's a very much a reflection of when he was a kid, when we first see him and then his, um, I don't know what you call her, like his, like his, not, I mean, obviously it's not maybe his like mom, a, but maybe like a stepmom or like something. Like a stepmom or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like stepmom or whatever. Um, his guardian, I guess. Um, you know, she comes and she gives him a family or she gives him a place to stay and what he needs. And that is, really kind of what happens again is that it's like he's like great here i am again i have nothing what's the point um and then rocky comes back and goes you know listen i was wrong and yeah Yeah, i well and also like rocky says like you know you got to forgive your dad like yeah you know you're you're holding on to this this anger you got to forgive him you you know and and i think that that's also really good because yeah like he had a really hard life because first of all his well his dad died which wasn't his dad's fault but like he's just he's yeah like you said he's been alone and and he had bianca he had rocky but then he he probably is sitting in the the cell thinking well now i don't have bianca anymore oh yeah and i don't have rocky and my mom my stepmom he calls her ma like she's pissed because she didn't want him to become a boxer right and so he's yeah like it's like he was on top of the world and now he's in that jail cell has nothing. Yeah. And back back where he started essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and just, if it wasn't clear, 
Bianca is super upset with him because he basically showed up and ruined her show. Yeah, yeah. and it was like a big show. She said earlier in the movie that like the Roots and John Legend and some other acts, it, like acts, got their start in this venue. So it was like a big deal that she was going to be able to uh, open for a show there. Yeah, I mean, totally understandable, really. Like, yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I totally understand why she would feel the way that she did. I would. I would also be very pissed off if I. Were I like her. her reaction. Like, I like he comes to her apartment the next day when he gets out of jail, and I, I like her reaction. Like, you can tell she still cares about him, but she's pissed, and and he's, you know, he explains, you know, like Rocky is sick. I got the information right before I came to your show and she hears him out. Then she says, you know, like send him my love. And she closes the door on him. And then she takes her, her, um, hearing, hearing aids, aids out. out. Yeah. And he's like, don't back out of me. Everyone's backing out on me, you know? And I mean, he almost, I would say he kind of deserves it. Like, yeah. I mean, it sucks. He's had a really rough life, but what he did at the show, I think her reaction was, was normal like i'm glad oh, yeah. that she didn't just like take him back immediately but you could tell that she she still cared but she was pissed at him so they had to have some time you know yeah yeah no i i agree i think if she had just been like okay i forgive you it would have been like really because i wouldn't have been that forgiving i would have been like no like think about what you did and how that like how that affects me like you came into my world fucked things up and now you're asking me for my forgiveness? No, I don't forgive you. Like you fucked up. You fucked up really bad. And that reflects badly on me because that looks like the type of people that I'm spending time with. And I, and yeah, no, I, I think that how she reacted was, I would, I totally empathize with her. I think that I would probably behave the same way. Yeah. And so then this leads into a scene that I'm itching to ask you about. Okay. <laughs> like so he goes on this little montage and he like is like finding himself again and he's running through the streets and there's a weird scene where like people with dirt bikes are riding <laughs> with him yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that <laughs> your thoughts um, i kind of liked it actually thought it was kind of fun i thought it was a <laughs> oh little I, I thought it was a little weird but i was like what <laughs> what are you I hate that scene. And I said earlier, Lauren's going to like it. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would like it. I thought it was kind of fun. I was like, I mean, it was weird, but I was, I, I didn't hate it. No, I, I definitely, I wouldn't like, if they left it out, I wouldn't miss it, but I didn't hate it. If, if the director came to me and said, I need you to make a re-edit of Creed. The only thing I would do would be to cut out the scene where he's jockeying with the dirt bikes. I can imagine going through the deleted scenes on this <sighs> disc and seeing the the dirt bike. They run a fucking circle around him, like a choreographed dance number. And, <laughs> and I can imagine seeing that as a deleted scene. And I would think, thank Christ they didn't include this. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my god! But it's they did, so and it, it doesn't—it doesn't make sense to me. It's because yeah. um, I uh, when we're introduced to this neighborhood, because this that that the scene takes place in a different part of Philly. The, we mentioned it earlier that Rocky takes him to this other gym, and it's kind of like a dingier place. Rocky describes it as a rough neighborhood. We get a glimpse of 
the locals who ride around on these dirt bikes and it's just <laughs> what they do in this neighborhood and you're given the impression that these are the local toughs you know what i mean until they run they do ring around the rosy with their fucking dirt bikes so i'm with samantha on this one um i i would omit it no i i do agree with you but I i'll let it, it slide on the strength of the movie yeah um it's, it's the so one funny because because <laughs> sam you and i are all like like when we watched philadelphia there's like that uh, that's scene, oh my gosh I, it's exactly what i thought of when i was watching that scene <laughs> this most recent time i was like this is going to be philadelphia all over again i know it I, is i only... loved that opera scene and she was like that was stupid and i was like how dare you <laughs> The only thing missing from that scene is Tom Hanks like doing an interpretive dance along with it. Yes. I liked it. This isn't that. Well, I mean, Philadelphia is in they are in the same city, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? Apparently weird things just happen in that city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a trend. It's just a weird city. You know, that's oh where the gosh. Mutter Museum is. And that is this Museum of Human Deformities. Which... The Butter Museum? The Mutter Museum. Oh. Yeah. Human Deformities? Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm going to wow. go there. <laughs> I'm going to go there and it's going to be awesome. And I really want, I've wanted to go for years and years and I want to make it I would have liked it if he would have been jogging through the Museum of Deformities <laughs> and we've just seen different deformities. Didn't that they would move, have been more. Didn't they move the Rocky statue into the Museum of Deformities because of his crooked mouth? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's an icon for many reasons <laughs> oh man oh man yeah. anyway so okay. well i'm not surprised that you like that scene. <laughs> no. so he basically hey. like reclaims his identity again you know he rises up from the ashes and um and him and rocky make amends and he says to rocky you know like you're gonna fight cancer and i'm gonna fight in this boxing ring so rocky starts you get like a nice montage of like rocky having treatments and training with with adonis and then you know being sick from the chemo but they're like helping each other out you know keeping each other alive and then it basically goes to the like the end fight where you you go to like the way it's, it is in england i think he's in liverpool right yep. yeah so they go to the fight and they're at like the weigh-in and I think this scene is really interesting because it speaks to something Mike said earlier where, so they're, they're sitting there and Rocky and Donnie are sitting there and Rocky's like, listen, the fight's going to start in two minutes when Ricky Conlon walks in for the, like the little like press conference weigh in before the, the actual fight. He's like, cause he's going to start, he's going to go in on you almost immediately, you know, and, and you can see it because like they're both sitting at the table and Donnie keeps trying to give like well thought out educated answers like he's talking he's not being a hothead you know and it's like Mike said like he's he's polished he's smart he's he he knows how to handle himself and then Ricky Conlon just keeps like working on him and working on him and working on him and eventually he explodes you know and and I just think that's an interesting like character trait of Donnie uh so yeah let's let's talk about them going into the fight um what about the hotel the night oh, before yes 
Yeah. With oh, Bianca. yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, when Rocky comes to his room and he keeps looking at the door, I thought that was, I thought that was really cute. He's like, he's like, why are you looking at the door, dude? Why do you keep looking at the door? And Rocky's like, I'm, I'm not, I've, I've never looked at the door at any point in time. <laughs> he like, he does it like as he's, as he's saying that. And, um, and I, I like that he had, he flew in uh, Bianca into to the fight. That was, that was nice that they did that. Yeah. I like um, that Rocky uh, apparently patched things up for them like he yeah. it's obvious that he went and talked to Bianca and put on the charm and yeah. <laughs> got her to fly you know across the ocean and yeah I, I that scene Lauren just talked about I think is probably the best comedy scene in this movie not that this movie is like chock full of comedy scenes but on its own it stands as straight comedy and they nail it perfectly like the physical <laughs> the physical comedy of Rocky looking over his shoulder while saying he's not looking at the door <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure yeah. it sounds hilarious that we were describing it but it it, it works it's very subtle it's a very mm -hmm. subtle comedy like it's not it's not over the top it's just like okay that was funny i mean you're probably not gonna laugh out loud but you're gonna enjoy it yeah for sure and when when he answers the door and it's bianca and rocky says something that suggests oh like what are you doing here and, yeah uh, adonis says you two are killing me because he knows <laughs> yeah. he knows he's been had and it's really it's a fun moment yeah it's good. good i like it also like they do a little throwback at that moment because earlier in the movie rocky said something about like you know women they make your legs weak and then rocky is sort of like giving them like fatherly advice i think he's saying like don't stay up all night he says something like your legs weak and they're like yeah we know it makes your legs weak you know like he's being like a father to them he's leaving them alone in the hotel room with the warning like he's got a fight tomorrow you know like yeah yeah that's a callback to the originals because rocky's manager mickey would tell him women make your legs weak oh yeah and he was <laughs> like mickey Mickey was anti-Adrian, you know, for just professionally, you know. Right, yeah. And that they're just calling out to that, like, yeah, just uh, don't get too entangled tonight because you're going to need those. It'll take something, it'll take your edge off tomorrow yeah. at the fight. Mm -hmm. right. That's good. That's a good Mickey impression as well. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> so I have to tell you guys that while I was, or after I was watching this, I was thinking about, um, that show speechless and I've, i know i've told you sam about it but there is a scene where um one of the kids is trying to get like he's trying to get like a permit to like build a playscape and um and he asks his sister he's like okay i need you to sing the rocky theme but she doesn't know so she's like dun 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 <laughs> And she's like, Ray thinks he's Rocky. And like, I just was walking around my apartment singing like, Ray thinks he's Rocky. I don't know the theme for Rocky. <laughs> the music that you bring up a good point. The music and this, the theme in Creed is so good. And I, I think they like, they did a really good job not relying on the Rocky theme in this yeah. movie. He has his own theme and it's really good, really epic. I wanted to talk about that. Um, I paid a lot of attention to the music in this movie starting this morning in particular. I was looking back on it before we recorded and the, there's a score and there's a soundtrack. So for one thing, the soundtrack is cool because we talk about how many like people of color were introduced to in this movie and it's really cool. It's super diverse as is 
the soundtrack. There's a lot of like contemporary hip hop music in this. And it really, it feels, it, it, it matches the, what we're seeing on the screen. And it's, it's pretty eclectic and it sounds great. The score is also awesome. And it's written by a composer named Ludwig Jorensen and he's mm. Swedish. And he, I had no idea until this morning, but he wrote the music for Creed and Creed 2. Also, Black Panther oh, and wow. the TV series Community and New Girl. And I love Community. The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. The Mandalorian has cool music, too. Yeah. Wow. So this guy is all over the place. And two things really stood out to me. One is like what Samantha just mentioned, the Creed, what I would call like the Adonis theme, which sounds something like this. that's kind of like a super simplified version of it but it's woven throughout the whole movie and it's really tied to Adonis's character so I like it for a couple reasons one is that it's this it appears in soft spots and intense spots and it's modified accordingly also I love it because it fits in with the feel of all the other Rocky movies like this this the theme would have fit in in any of the pre the prior films but Adonis gets his own theme, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And the other thing, uh, Samantha mentioned that they didn't rely too heavily, and I agree. But the one moment they totally relied on the Rocky theme was in the last round of the fight against the world champ. Okay, I noticed that too. I was wondering, I was like, did I, like, I was like, that sounds like the Rocky theme. But I well, like, it's I was pretty sure, but I wasn't like totally sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the thing I just played is new for this film. Uh, but before the final round of the final fight, Creed stands up in his corner, Adonis, and it's a close up of his face and we hear the brass instrument intro of Rocky theme which yeah. is the classic that dun, 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 et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I can't watch it without getting a chill down my spine because it's so classic and it's, yeah, it's over 40 years old and they throw it in and I feel like a total mark <laughs> how it makes me feel, but I don't feel bad or guilty about it because this movie operates with surgical precision on how to make you feel and they nailed it and it worked and I just bask in it and they don't dwell on it. It moves, it moves on and yeah. it's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a testament to like how much more powerful something can be made through music yeah. and how music can contain so much memory and so much emotion. And when used properly, in a film it's magical and i yeah. agree with you yeah yeah um or there's like the titanic soundtrack where you just have one song and you just coast on that song for the rest of the movie <laughs> thankfully this movie did not do that no yeah. it did not no and thanks for playing the the creed theme because that was pretty cool yeah was that was here. really cool that was i like really cool. i like the theme in this movie i like it and and you're right like it has like like 
different feelings to it. Like they're like you said, like it gets it can get the same melody can get more tense or like less tense, and it's pretty pretty cool how versatile it is. So this movie is very it it operates very well on many different levels, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that final fight, guys. Yeah, yeah. So his right. his his uh ma his ma gives him she sends him a gift of like shorts that look just like Apollo's except for they say Johnson on one side and Creed on the other. Yep. And I thought that was really cool. Like, I love that. Another great performance of his when he's opening the box, just like the emotions that are, you know, like it's really good. He's, he's very talented. I, I really like, I mean, I've seen him in a couple things here and there and like really black Panther is the only one, other one that I can really think of. Um, but and he was good in black panther he was very creepy in that but he he's just so good at this like subtle flicker of emotion that crosses his face and i noticed that too where he like opened up the thing and it kind of like it almost like it almost looked like he was kind of like upset for a second but then he was like no but then when rocky was like well go see if they fit you it was kind of like he was like, okay, this is good. This is good, you know? Yeah. Um, and when he, the, the box, the, the trunks are in a box on the table in like the yeah. tr- backstage and it's to Adonis and he picks it up and he says, Adonis says something like, oh, can't do we, I think we got enough surprises for one day. And Rocky says, I don't know. I don't know about this one. And it's the trunks. And that's another super cool moment. That's uh a, a total throwback because I I want to think that it is Apollo's trunks, mm-hmm. uh, the right. red white. It's the red white and blue like styled after the American flag, and uh, but modified with Johnson on one side and Creed on the back, and yeah, it really ties up the whole thing. And it's awesome to see Marianne like give her blessing because yeah. you know that's important to Adonis. Yeah, and it was. And it was done in a way, too, where you didn't, like, it, like, since she wasn't really a big part of the movie anyway, it was done in a, in a good way without bringing her back and having, like, this whole, like, you know, like, too much of something, you know what I mean? It's the um, same as, like, yeah, like, the, the quick facts of the boxers on screen. Like, we don't yeah. have to watch her dialogue with him and, like, a hugging scene or anything, you know? Right. A yeah, lot also, a little we we learned early in the movie that um when adonis was kind of proving to rocky that he was apollo's son he he said oh that's right you haven't talked to marianne since apollo's funeral and so we know rocky's not perfect he might he's close to it but he's not perfect and he hasn't he feels bad about what happened with apollo and he's lost touch with her so he's not gonna like magically make her appear like he did with Bianca. Yeah. Um, right, right. So they left it alone as yeah. it should have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I That's agree. a really good that, point. I think that was good. I think that sometimes I think when you have like these moments where these people are like, oh, you know, like I'm so blah, 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 whatever. It, it, I think it can be a little too much and it can sometimes give like a little bit of a bad flavor to the film because you're like all right we get it like they are back together and everything's fucking happy but this was so (laughs) it was just so subtle and it was perfect and it was well done and you just you see her like watching the fight 
and and that's it and it, she's she's never a big part of the film and that's okay because it's not about her it's about him um and i i enjoyed that i thought that that was well done thought that was well done and yeah. before before we talk about the fight itself if we're going to do that i wanted to mention one other thing that i liked uh and it has to do with ricky conlin who is the the world the heavyweight world champion that we're that adonis is fighting the movie has a lot going on thematically it's mostly about relationships or lack thereof and yeah. finding one's identity like those are what i think are the big takeaways of the movie it happens to be a boxing film I like that they didn't vilify the the champion, Adonis's opponent. Right. He, they did kind of make him out to be an asshole. So he is somebody you don't mind seeing get his ass kicked. <laughs> but they didn't make it out to be this uh, a blood feud between the two. He was just an opponent in his way. And a theme throughout the movie is Rocky telling Adonis, the, your biggest opponent is you, is the guy in the mirror. Yeah. So it was more about Adonis getting over himself than Ricky Conlon. Yeah, and that's a really good way of putting it. So he, he's there, and he's, but he's kind of just doing what a fighter would do before a fight, and that's psych out your opponent and try to get a mental edge on him, especially somebody who's inexperienced. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked how they handled it especially since that guy is not even an actor. He's a, a boxer proper. Oh, really? Oh, is he really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So they probably had a limitation of how much they could do with him if they even wanted to go further. But I thought they nailed it really well as just somebody who you don't want to see die, but it's fine. He's a good guy to beat up. Yeah. Well, he's also he's also humanized too by his um his coach or whatever because his coach is like I'm looking out for your kids. He's like I'm worried about your children. Like you need to do this for your kids, for the future of your kids when you go to jail. Like that that's my main concern. And I like that they did that aspect too because it wasn't just like I'm going to do this because I just need one last burst of fame. It was it was legitimately just like, hey, um, we're actually worried more about like your children. Yeah, and, I, and, and I, you know, neither Conlon nor his coach slash like business manager, I guess, neither of them are bad guys in my in my estimation. Um, and if we didn't make this clear earlier, and I don't think we did, Adonis didn't like win his way into this fight by improving his win-loss record he was gifted this fight almost mirroring the rocky the first rocky film yeah because right, yeah uh conlin broke the jaw of his would-be opponent he only gets one more fight before he goes away and they this coincides with adonis's identity being revealed to the world so they see it as a cash grab so that conlin can make money to last while he's in jail right yeah so yeah. um it was happenstance and i but we're rewinding but i love the scene where the Collins coach comes to visit rocky and adonis and they're in rocky's kitchen and the coach says something about oh rocky says they're 
Adonis are picking you because your name and they know it's a sure thing. And the coach says, it is not. We do not think that. And Rocky just looks at him, looks through him and says, yeah, you do. Yeah. I like knows. that scene as well. He fucking knows because he's Rocky and he knows right. what people are like, especially in this business, you know. So anyway, that no, uh, no oh. they, there were no real villains. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Well, and fun fact, that guy that plays the coach, he's in The Hobbit. <laughs> Really? He's one of the dwarves. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know yeah, that. I was looking him <gasps> up and I was like, this guy looks really familiar. And then and then they were like, he's in the Hobbit. And I was like, shit, no fucking way. You know? I see so, it. I totally see it now. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Graham McTavish. Graham McTavish. Is that yeah, not I see like it now too? Yeah. Like Scottish, Irish, whatever name like you've ever heard. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well M C Nick. Yeah, that's that's pretty Scottish. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 No, I'm glad you brought that scene up because I, I like that scene as well because, um, yeah, like Adonis is basically in the world of boxing, he's still a nobody. And yeah. So this exactly. is a, a great opportunity for him. And um, <clears throat> something else um, that I wanted to bring up, if if the movie does really well with music, I think it also does an interesting job with silence as well. Um, when they're walking to the fight and they're walking down the hall, there's no um, music bed on that scene. And I really like that. It's just, you can hear them walking and every once in a while, Rocky's like, you got this, you got this. And it's and he, just very he, realistic. He says something like, you're going to feel nervous, but it's good. It's going to give you energy. It's normal. It, yeah. It's, it's a little pep talk. I, yeah, it's, I, I love it. Yeah, and it's just a really great, yeah, great use of silence and a great use of ambient noise. Because then you can also, like, there's an interesting back, backstage aspect because you can hear the crowd, but they're muffled. Yeah. And um, so you know that this is the last silence before he goes out into, like, what what could be a bloodbath for him or a victory. You know, like, this is the final moments before whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. I love any movie that captures that backstage feel. And it happens mm -hmm. a lot. If you watch movies about musicians or bands, uh, because there's something, there's nothing like that feeling of about to go on. And the sound design goes a long way in conveying that feeling. Yes, I agree. It's powerful. Very powerful. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah so what did you guys think of the fight like how what did you think of it i thought it was really good i think um personally me like action scenes and fighting scenes in movies a lot of times can lose my interest and we've talked about this before on the on this episode mike talked about how they're filmed differently the boxing scenes are filmed differently and i think just i'm was so invested in the character that I cared about the boxing scene. And I think it was shot in a way where Mike actually said this about Jurassic park recently when we watched it together. And I think it's a really great thing to look for in movies that I've never I been able to put just into recently words watched before. That too. <laughs> but how can you not? Scene. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but the scene where the T-Rex is attacking, he said, it's a really great scene because there's a lot happening, but you never lose focus of what's happening. Like it's just done really well. And right. I think that the boxing scenes in this movie are similar where it's not 
too over the top where I lose interest because I can't tell what's happening. Like everything is very clear. I know what's happening. I don't know anything about boxing, but I know what's happening and it's shot very clearly and it's as unchaotic as you can film chaos, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. When you make a a boxing movie that with a televised on HBO pay-per-view event, you get a huge benefit in your back pocket. And that means, what that is, is you get sports commentators to literally yeah. call the action. And yep. so it's like, it's like watching a super stylized version of a boxing fight. Cause you'll never see a fucking real boxing match. that looks like anything in a Rocky movie or a Creed movie. <laughs> no, because it, it, it would just be dead bodies everywhere. Oh God. <laughs> but, um, but they get, they get that advantage. And also I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's yet another new aspect they added to the the final fight in the film, uh, is the commentary you get from the the HBO like broadcasters. So that that helps paint the picture even more than what we get visually. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a smart thing. I didn't, I didn't think about that, but you're right. It's just all those factors work to make it a really really good end battle fight scene boxing and match. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to say about all the fights. Uh, they don't drag on too long. Like we said, uh, I'm with Samantha or, or, and also Lauren, like she mentioned a 40 minute battle in man of steel. I get bored <laughs> and drawn out CGI action sequences as well, but yeah. these, these fights are pretty brief, but that doesn't mean they didn't pack in a lot of gruesome violence because oh my God, holy I know. shit. Yeah. Uh, this so is much violent. blood all over that mat. I was getting so grossed out by that. I was like, Oh my God. You're I was sweeping like, the blood out. Yeah, like I was like, this yeah. is like so unsanitary. <laughs> maybe most of all, uh, Adonis gets injured above his eye and it swells shut during oh, the God. match. Yeah. And uh, they have, the doctor comes in and makes him count how many fingers he's holding up while he covers the eye that isn't injured. He can't see, but the trainer has his hand on his shoulder and he taps him the number of <laughs> fingers there are. Yeah, so I noticed can, that too. So that noticed- Adonis can bullshit his way through this test and continue fighting. And I thought that was pretty gross and pretty badass. And yeah. Like, Wait, Sam, uh, did you not notice that? I didn't notice that. Did we talk about that before, Mike? Uh, we might have. I don't, I'm I don't, not sure. That's, I didn't notice that. And now I feel like I have to go back and watch that scene because I... That's pretty awesome because I was thinking to myself, like, how did he, did he just guess two times, right? That seems weird, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, I'm going to have to pay. That's, that's really cool. That's a cool. Yeah. Like he like tap, like with his first two fingers, he was like two, four and like, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that Rocky too was like, was like, okay, you need to hit him, you know, hit him at the body. Don't, don't go for his head, hit him in the body. And um, because they were saying that Conlon's arms were too long and that mm-hmm. he's too, he was taller than, um, than Adonis was. And uh, so it was kind of, it was interesting, like being able to see, like, um, I guess from like a boxer's point of view, like, no, don't go for this, go for this, because that's going to be his weak points. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, that's really good because I think boxing is way more complicated than uh, I understand. But yeah. they, for a film, they broke it down into something simple that I can understand. And Rocky mentioned it earlier when they were talking about taking the fight. And he said, well, 
he's taller than you and he's got a bigger reach than you. So that played into the fight. And that's why Adonis started attacking the body or going inside. And I think, and speaking of sound design, I'm pretty sure Adonis cracks one of his ribs. I heard that too. There is a gruesome sound effect. (laughs) And then uh, Colin sort of is wincing and he protects his ribs for the rest of the fight. And it's, it's really cool. It's in pro wrestling. We call that telling a story in the ring and they did it (laughs) and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that crack too, and I was like, "Ooh, boy, that was nasty." <laughs> I was like, "That, that was a broken rib right there." Yep, yeah, um, yeah. It's it was a really good, really good fight scene, and it mirrors Rocky in that um, he goes the distance, basically. Yeah, yep. like he's not, he doesn't win, but he he stays with, like he yeah goes the distance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. he lasts he lasts all twelve rounds, mm-hmm. uh, and also. So when you do that, it goes to judge's decision and kind of naturally they side with the standing champion. So Conlon wins the fight by a uh, judge's decision. Um, what's cool is that Adonis did give Conlon his first knockdown. Yeah, like Conlon, right, yeah. Had, in all of Conlon's pro fights, he had never even been knocked down once. And they addressed that earlier in the film and Adonis managed to knock him down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like Samantha said, it mirrored rocky uh with going the distance like kind of a moral victory and uh one thing i'm a sucker for is sportsmanship yes yeah uh, colin comes over after the decision is announced and says respect you're the future of this sport i love that moment i agree with you wear that name wear that name with pride yeah Yeah. yes well and let's talk about ricky or so colin knocks him down and like I, I was like on the edge of my seat and I was just like, fuck, oh my God. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. This is the first time I'd ever seen the movie, you know? So, um, but then when he was like flashing back on his dad and he just like, like, like gets right back up. Oh man. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned that Lauren, because that I think is so awesome. Uh, so yeah, he gets, he's knocked out. It's very brief, but he's, he's knocked unconscious and the again with the sound design and the music it kind of simulates this underwater sounding effect like everything is sort of swirling around and it gets quiet and there are multiple flashbacks like he he i think it goes back to one of the youth centers when he was a kid and his his stepmom and bianca and then the coolest part that you mentioned there's a flash of apollo like bobbing around in the ring but it's all blackness and it it looks so cool and that's when he like jumps up to his feet uh yeah. adonis and yeah. it's it's really well done and the commentators say something about it that too that they're like well we thought he was out but he just like like got right back up and so um i usually i um i find that like flashback things like that in movies are hit or miss for me uh a lot of times i don't like them and i think like yeah don't don't play with my emotions cheap so cheaply but this movie does it really well because the scenes are so brief and they're so pivotal in his life. And then culminating with his own dad in the ring is so powerful. I love it. I if think you, it's... If you looked away for two seconds, you could miss the shot of Apollo. In, yeah. Yeah. In his mm-hmm. weird Very flashback. Fast. Yeah. Um, you know who could take some tips on doing flashbacks? 
Edward Zwick. Um, oh yeah, who did the fall? The Last Samurai. The Last Samurai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is his flashbacks were terrible. They were unbearable. Yeah, no, this one was so so well done and so good. And then and that's when yeah, Adonis gets up and then he he keeps fighting and yeah and yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's so good. It's and I think it's yeah, I think Mike. I'm glad, Mike. I'm glad you said this, but I think the movie, a lot of the movies about him, like taking the mantle of his father and moving the legacy forward. And I like that when the movie starts, he doesn't even know what legacy, like what his birthright is, you know, like yeah. he has no idea. And I, I think it's just a beautiful, like, it's like coming of age story for a guy who's already an adult, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I like too, that the, the um, announcers say that, that Conlon won the fight, but uh, Creed won the night. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I liked, I liked so much too, that, you know, like, cause I was going in, like, I hope he wins, but I kind of didn't think he was going to. And I liked that it was very much like how it was in Rocky, where it was very similar, where it was kind of like, um, like you think that he's going to win, but then they're like, well, you know, no, but you did a great job. <laughs> like you should still be very proud. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, did, uh, did you guys like the final scene where he goes with Rocky up the steps of the art museum? Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. liked that. I love how Rocky's like. I think they added more steps. Since yeah. Since then. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like when they get up and then they both turn around and he's like, "You can see your whole life from here." It's and he's good. like, "How does it look?" And he's like, "Looks good." How's yours look? And he's like, "Yeah, it looks good." And I, I just think it's really. Poignant. Well, they show that Rocky's like improving too. You know, his the chemotherapy's helping and working and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really like this movie. I thought it was very well done. It pulled me in. I couldn't stop watching it. Like, um, I, I loved it. I really loved it. So, Samantha, do you recommend? I totally recommend. One hundred percent. I recommend it to anybody. Same here. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Like, and yeah. Mike, Mike, you recommend it, right? A hundred percent recommend. If you have any preconceived notions about what sports movies are, you have to dismiss them at least once for this movie and you'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised. You know, I actually like texted a bunch of people after I finished it because I wanted to talk about it, but no one had seen it. Oh, I like, man. I was, like, I was like, I just finished Creed for the podcast. And they're like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Next person. <laughs> I hope you type. I hope you typed. Well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I told all of them. I was like, fuck you. I have no friends now. So <laughs> you're my last one, Sam. <laughs> I, bet, I bet that happened a lot with this movie. I bet a lot of people are missing out by, because of that. Yeah, yeah. it was, it, it, it's, and no one, no one had seen it. So I couldn't talk to anyone about it. And I was like sitting there, like, I think it was like around 11 or like 10 or 11 that I finished it. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> I was like, why has no one seen this? And then I went online to a chat room to try and talk to people about it. And oh my gosh, no seen it. I know I was really determined to talk about this. Jeez. And, and it was I really weird. Cause that was a, a Creed fan chat room. <laughs> <laughs> and, nobody had and they didn't know what yeah. the hell you were talking about. Jeez. No, you know, no. So everyone should watch this movie. Watch Definitely. it. Yeah. You can rent I, it on Amazon. Yep. Or you can just take the chance and buy it. I don't think you regret it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I bought it. It was on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Off, so 
that was kind of a bummer, but I think Creed two is on Hulu. So yeah, but I think it's if, on Netflix. Okay, but Creed you should watch Netflix, all the Rocky movies before, or what? Like Mike said, up to Rocky four at least before you watch yeah. Creed two. I mean, uh, I would at least see the first one before yeah. you watch Creed, uh, just because you'll you'll kind of be like, oh, I get you'll it. You'll appreciate okay. so many things. Well, and how yeah. important it is, and how important Creed is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I think it was a great suggestion, and I'm glad that you joined us, Mike. I think that you had a lot of um, really helpful insights. So, I'm yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, I'm glad more than anything that you got to see it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast talking yes. about Creed. Yes, yeah. yes. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right. So you can follow us on Spotify or iTunes. Please give us five stars if you listen on iTunes because we're trying to get out there. And um, we're on Google Play and SoundCloud and Stitcher. We have Instagram at Watchers of Movies and Facebook at Watchers of Movies. And if you have any suggestions, email us at watchersofmovies at gmail.com. And I always respond. So, uh, yeah, you know. And yeah. thanks to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, th- thanks for having me on again. If anybody wants to see me on Twitter, you can find me at the Mike Show 42 Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So until next time. Until next time. All right, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>